got the mic. Anything you'd like to say? Just the process. Hello and welcome back to Processing from the UK. I am Ben from UK76ers. Of course, I'm always joined by Bobby. And this week, we have a very exciting new guest on today, and that is Shugs from Green Release. So if you want to say hello there, guys, I'll start with Bobby. Hello, mate. How are you? It's been a while. Just, it has been oh a while. God, I don't think how long it's been. But yeah, it has been an awfully long time. <laughs> and welcome to Shugs, of course, as well from Green Release. Hello. Um, just want to say that Rich was not incorrect when he was on about your sensual, sensual voice. Oh, I appreciate that. Rich is never wrong. Well, actually, he's wrong about a lot of things, but that is the one of the things he's... One. Uh, yeah, yeah he's uh, blinded by hatred an awful lot of times, yeah. and all you get from the bloke whenever we chat is confetti and <laughs> certain words, then certain pieces of profanity followed by the sixes. So, uh, There's no comeback from the confetti thing, though. The confetti thing is, is really, I'm still recovering. You're so, just buried uh, once they once they say that it's just like okay, fair enough. It's, it's argument over, isn't it? But no, I appreciate that. So thanks for coming on and um, giving your evening for this. I really appreciate oh. it, and it's good to finally get you on as well because it's a, it's also been a long time coming. To it's sort, been sort um, you, uh, yeah, a lot of technical issues in the way. It's been a lot of times I've supposed to have been on here and not been able to get on. Yeah, for for people who ever you know. I like my like my Twitter. Bobby likes his YouTube and Shugs. Obviously, you are a marketing machine. We do seem to lack a lot of technological savviness. Yeah. So um, <laughs> finally, we got it sorted today. Um, but yeah, I mean, there doesn't seem to be a better place to start than simply with what have we done with the Philadelphia 76ers this summer? And as with our off seasons, are, they're very polarizing normally, and they're very hit and miss. And I feel like I can say with a relative level of assurance that we've hit um so you know we'll go through in in summary who has who has come in this season and that would be the likes of daniel house jr montrez harrell uh pj tucker you've um obviously got the re-signings and um, then you got um melton as well from uh memphis so i just want to put my um finger on the pulse a bit and just see what you guys are thinking so i'll start with you shugs how do you make that? How do you make those incomings? Are you happy? Are you uh, is it enough? But or is it you know? Do you think that's a really really good off season for the Sixers? Um, I'm happy. I think it's been a pretty good off season. Um, the one thing about the 76ers for the past couple years is we've, you know, they've been good. They've had great pieces, but they've kind of had like this soft underbelly, yeah. where um, they kind of just curl up and die usually in the second round. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, with, you know, they've now, people we've signed, they've got that bit of toughness about them now. PJ Tucker, you know, uh, Harold, they'll get in your face. They'll talk trash. They'll make a nuisance of themselves. So I'm, I'm quite happy. Do I think it's, you know, a complete um, thing? I, I don't think, like... It could be one or two pieces added, maybe a couple more movements. But for now, yeah, I think it was a great offseason. Yeah, I think I think you've echoed a lot of our feeling on that. I mean, I don't want to put words in Bobby's mouth as well. But, you know, I feel like we all on that similar level that you've brought that grit. And you are absolutely right about that soft underbelly of the sixes. It was just a lack of 
being mean, essentially, yeah. you know, that hard nosed player that's going to bring that grit, they're going to bring that fight, and that's going to say, no, we're not actually accepting this mindset that we're going to go down without a fight, which too often we have seen. The other one we brought in, and we sort of, this one really slips under the radar for me, and that's Melton and uh, Daniel House as well. So, Bobby, what do you think those guys are going to bring? And also, well, do you like those moves? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I, I agree with everything that has been said before. I think the move, it's just nice, number one, to have a front office that is doing things and it feels like it's doing the right things. We've really very little room to have done any of it in. Um, just good moves that, you know, when you're looking at the roster and you're thinking, well, we need some changes. It's just, you, before before all this happened, it was a bit like, I don't know how they're going to make it happen, not without moving to bias or not without doing something. And they've been clever with the, I say clever, um, I think we're going to get in a little bit of trouble for some of those moves. Um, but it's been it's been nice to see the front office address what is clearly, as you both have alluded to, clear issues with the roster. And they've done as well of a job as I think they could have done um, fixing that. But with Melton, I don't know, I can't pretend I know huge amounts about House, but with Melton, I thought that, that was a real... You know, I, I remember seeing um, a few tweets and... A few people said they'd almost forgotten that we'd, we'd acquired Melton um, in in that situation. And I think it's just another move for us that just makes a lot of sense. And I think out of everything that we've done, he PJ Tucker aside, because I think he, he's probably going to be starting, I think Melton's going to be the next most important thing to the team mm. off the bench next year. So... I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased because, like I said, I was just sitting there thinking, I just don't know where this team can really go from here. Um, and they've done a good job, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, yeah, again, is you've hit the nail on the head. And I think, you know, you talk about, you know, we know how important Tucker's going to be to the point he's probably going to be in the starting five. I mean, that's where I'd have him. Yeah. Uh, and then Trez, I think Trez is going to be a really useful guy to have solely because it takes the pressure off Embiid. You know, on a February Wednesday night when you've got the Wizards, on a back-to-back, you can just play Montrez Harrell and say to Embiid, you don't need to play tonight. And then you can have Harrell and Reed or Harold and uh, Harrell and Bassey as your tandem um, centers for that evening. And that should be okay for the most part. And then Daniel yeah. House is a just a prototypical 3 and D guy. It's very simple. Can he defend adequately? Can he shoot threes at a decent clip? If you can do that, and then when it comes to the playoffs, if you can do that for, what, eight minutes a game? Fine. That, that's all you need. It's a very easy role for him to fit into. And by the sound of it, he'll fit into it relatively seamlessly. So that would leave us with a starting five of James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, uh, Tobias Harris, PJ Tucker, Joel Embiid. Simply put, we'll start with the James Harden aspect. Is James Harden and Joel Embiid a good enough duo for us to get us over the line? And when I say we'll start with the James Harden bit, it's, there's always an air of volatility with what how good he's going to be. I couldn't tell you. I'm Of course, I'm hoping that we see peak James Harden, prime James Harden. And I'm sort of airing to the side of that we will see, you know, point guard Harden, not necessarily 35 points per game, but someone who can facilitate, who can make players around him better, that can create space for those players, and then can put, you know, 20 to 25 points a, points a night. Occasionally, he can roll back the years and then give us 40. But is... Harden and Embiid going to be good enough to take us 
when I say over the line, I just mean beyond the second round, and we'll re- review from there. Is that good enough? <laughs> do you think, guys? Let's just start start on the micro level and work our way up. Is that good enough to get us past the second round? What do we think, Shugs? On paper, yes, definitely. Um, I don't see why we can't get past the second round this year. But... <laughs> But I say that every year. So what's the point? Why are we having this conversation? Please, please second beat the second round. Oh, it's, yeah. Um, you look at it on paper, you know, what we've seen from the offseason. James Harden seems to be in better shape. You know, people are on about, oh, we're rolling back the years, like you said. Looks like James Harden's came with the right attitude. He's already taken a hit in his wage so we can get better players around him. He's motivated. Arguably, we had you know the, the runner-up for the MVP could have won it. There's no reason why those two can't get us past the goddamn second round. <laughs> uh, but we're Philly fans. We've been here before, so you never know. Yeah, yeah. It's a real, it's a real tough one, and especially the East looks prompt, looks very good. I mean, with the whole. Udoka scandal I guess that works to our advantage because that means the Celtics quite simply have a worse head coach but that team is still very threatening we know the threat of Milwaukee um I feel like I'm 100% Miami of course how could I forget that's four teams who would all say we could get out the east and then you've always got some randomers that's going to come into that and be like we could actually mount mount a a challenge and I heard I think I heard a whisper of the bulls potentially there um so if if I move on to you then Bobby We'll stick on the subject of James Harden. And I think, you know, we've come to the conclusion, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how he does. Um, We'll obviously all keeping our fingers crossed. But the whole Harden situation whereby we're now under a league investigation, where he's potentially taken a pay cut. I mean, what's your views on that? Because I think, I mean, I'll give you mine in a second, but... How did how did you what what is your thoughts on that whole debacle that whole situation? What are you thinking? Uh, everyone hates Philly. Is is <laughs> yeah. normally the way it goes. Um, listen, to be honest with you, if we we end up take, losing a pick or whatever the punishment is, and we go and win a championship. I couldn't care less if I'm being honest. It's um, listen. I, I'm sure there's been some how do I say it? Magic worked behind the scenes. So. You know, who knows whether this fanatics <laughs> contract that he might have got on the sides to make up his money is true or whether that's just nonsense. But no, um, I don't know. It's It just feels like everything Philly does somehow the league hates. And if, if, if obviously if something bad has happened, then they'll have to take their punishment as it is. But um, for us, I don't care. It's like, for me, I'm like, great stuff. Harden's done that so that we can go and make some moves this summer um, and put ourselves in a better position. I'll, I'll leave the front office to kind of deal with whatever punishment comes their way. Yeah, and I think like you hit, you know, you sort of referred back to that uh, potential rumored deal he's got with Fanatics with um, <laughs> Michael Rubin, who obviously has, has ties to the Sixers or at least used to until very recently. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to echo that. I, I think as people like Adam Silver and the NBA, they, they, they just don't like Philadelphia. And the whole tampering rule, I mean, if this happened to any team, I feel like it's got to the point now that tampering is just such a... It's embedded within the game. You can be through the likes of Rich Paul or through LeBron James or through... There's a whole 
host of different mediums whereby people can be tampered with and therefore to clump to clamp down on one person ironically that person being in philadelphia i'm sure that's a huge coincidence but it's it just seems that there to be a completely needless task and something which just muddies the nba's own image yeah can we um, can we can we pretend to stop pretending that tampering isn't happening probably on every single deal yeah. that happens in the nba like it, the way the players talk now the way players have power in the media and you know less it must be happening on pretty much every single nba trade at the minute or contract yeah 100 percent. and and to, to pretend it doesn't happen is just burying your head in the sand to be quite frank yeah. but we'll move on from this mini rant and <laughs> what i do want to talk about is the inevitability that there will be trades to be had not necessarily this week this month even but somewhere down the line, the Sixers will make another trade. It's just the nature of the NBA and it's the nature of Daryl Morey. So the one that's done the rounds is recently Jay Crowder. And it was it seems bizarre that I'm actually putting a lot of focus on this. But the reason why I wanted to put focus on Jay Crowder specifically is because I keep flip-flopping on it so much. One day I'm sort of like, yeah, you know what? I would give away Matisse and and thought, uh, and uh, Korkmaz uh, and, and, you know, whoever else to make that deal work. But then on another day, I'm like, no, I wouldn't. But I would still like Jay Crowder. But do we actually need Jay Crowder if we got Matisse and all these people? It almost feels like sometimes like he's an absolute necessity to this team. And other times I feel like it would just be icing on a cake that already has plenty of icing. So it doesn't have to be focused on Jay Crowder. It's just sort of the example I've got that sort of is something we have to think about. Because the usual suspects will be put in trade talks. The likes of Tobias. The likes of Thibault. Corkmaz, obviously, if the sooner can get off that contract, the better, as far as I'm concerned. What trades would you want to see the Sixers do, or do you think the Sixers should be looking at doing? And with that in mind, is there anyone in particular that you think we should be after? Within reason, of course, but is there anyone that we should be after? I'm going to open that one up to Shugs first. Um, <clears throat> I think the Corkmaz trade is the one that has to happen. Um... <laughs> It's it's one of those ones with Philly fans like, oh, see, like a year or so ago, he was on fire. Everyone loves him. And now I can't remember why I loved him. <laughs> it's, it's, we are fickle in our nature, but it's, it, for me, that'd be the way to go. Um, not for anyone in particular, because I want to see um, Isaiah Joe get more minutes. I want to see him develop a bit more. Yeah. I think he's got a lot of potential to be a great free and D player. He's always already got a pretty consistent free game. I think he had a couple of jitters last season, but the games that he's had in the preseason that he had, I think he's got potential there. So I would like to see him get, you know, some more minutes. Um, but yeah, Ferk, he's got to go, man. Yeah, <laughs> I think Furkan's Fer- a... Certainly one which we could all happily say goodbye to. Not because he's a bad guy. He seems like a great guy. And he's given us, you know, the Portland buzzer beat will always live long in my memory. I remember yeah. being up in the uh, stupid hours and like four in the morning watching that game. And I was just like, wow, it, it was, you know, it was such a fun game. But simply put, if you can ship that five million elsewhere so it's not on the books anymore. Yeah, you would do so. So, Bobby, I'll come to you. And this is a, I feel like this is a question we've had at every podcast we've done. <laughs> and it is. Is there a trade that you would do for Tobias and or Matisse? What would that trade be? What would you want in return? 
you know what is there a position that we need to that we need to fill you know it is something we've done to death but it still rears its ugly head every time we do this pod it, it will until he's a free agent i mm. guess but um first off i want to say that tobias was uh one of the only players that i think could hold his head up high after the add up to playoffs last year yeah. um I, I i he showed a lot more grit than i was expecting um I think in terms of trades, it's the moves that we've made. Going back to that Harden situation, is I think we've almost made some moves. I know we've made moves to obviously get a little bit more grit and a bit more motivation in the team, but I also think we've made some moves that potentially is going to help Harden, considering he's not that player that he used to be as such. Um, but I think looking at that, if you're going to ship Tobias, which I still can't see happening this season, I think maybe next season when he's on, I think he's on the expiring then next year. Yeah. Next year. That becomes a little bit more attractive to a team because you, you've only got that one year of dealing with that horrendous amount of money. Um, if we can make it work, I listen, we all dream of, you know, when there was rumours of, of stars going anywhere, you know, when Durant was throwing his wobbly and, you know, who knows if Lillard was going to do it. And of course you go in, well, the only player we've got is Tobias, and then you realise that's not as attractive as Sixers fans like to think it is. Mm. Um, I, I would quite, if, if Tobias is going to go, I'd like to just see some, some a couple of players. I know we've said that in the last in the last few pods. It's just a couple of players that just suit the team more. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not fussed who as such. There isn't players that I would look at and go, oh yeah, I'd love him. I mean, there are, but for me. If he's going to go, I would rather see the team balanced a little bit more rather than, you know, trying to get that star that's probably not going to happen because we just don't have the trade. Um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. But you know what I'm trying to say is, for me, I just want to see in any trade, trades like we've done and moves that we've made this summer, just that work with the team yeah. rather than just trying to find the best player in the world possible for that trade. Just make trades that make sense. Um, and I think going back, sorry, just going back to if we're going to get rid of Matisse, I know I still want to like Matisse. I really do. Um, it, it, what a fall from that guy it, that last season. It was a real shame to see it all fall apart the way it did. But if you're talking Matisse and you're talking Furkan for, for Crowder, I'd do that alone just because of the experience that Crowder would bring to the team. It's just another mm-hmm. player with that experience. Um, so yeah, for me, it's not a case of, yeah, I I love that player. I love that player. I just want to see if we're going to shift players that they just make sense and fit around the the current roster. Yeah. I I think that's fair. And I think with the Matisse one, just to just add, add a bit, bit more onto that. And this is again, something I said to you plenty of times. It's, it's, it's the high upside. It's like, I don't want to sell because it's because of what he could be. But on the flip side, if you catch on a different day, it's, this is what he is. And it, it's so easy for him. And I've said this so many times, and I don't speak hyperbolically when I say this. It would be so easy for him to become one of the best 3 and D players, 3 and D role players, rather, to ever play in the NBA. Um, should he just sort that shot out so he's doing 35% on about four or five a game? You know, I'd put him on that sort of upper echelon of like, if he could do that with the likes of the Bruce Bowens of the world, the Shane Battiers of the world, just really, really solid, great players to have on title winning teams. Because we know he's got the defense. It's just, can he just 
do something on the opposite side? Can he sit in a corner and just shoot? I.e. a la, you know, what PJ Tucker does to a degree. And he just needs to figure that out. And it seems like that will be almost the easiest thing to figure out. Lonzo Ball figured it out seemingly overnight. Yeah. You know, Tyrese Maxey wasn't the best shooter in the world on his on his rookie season. And now he's I mean the you've greatest shooter in the world. He's he's incredible. I mean, we'll go <laughs> on to Maxi actually. This probably segue us on nicely into him in just a second, and indeed with the rest of those young stars. It can be done. So you're sort of wondering why is it that it's not happening from a tease? But I think with those trades, I think we're at a point now where we sit tight and we'll have to review when we get to halfway. And that would be the most sensible thing for most teams, you would have thought, in in so far in the season. But you never quite know with Daryl Morey. So yeah, I mentioned Torres Maxi and Shugs mentioned Isaiah Joe as well and the sort of yeah. young core that we got. We got Maxi leading it, then you've got Joe, then you've got Reed and Bassey and whomever else you may think may actually end up involved in the Sixer um, setup. So just Tyrese Maxey, um, let's just have a moment of appreciation and a moment of just talking about how great that bloke is. So Shugs, tell me, just Tyrese Maxey, how far can he go, not only this season, but further down the line? How far, what's the what's the limit? What's his ceiling at the Philadelphia 76ers? Oh, I don't know. I have such love for the man. Yeah. It's like... It's, it's a twofold thing of not only has he, you know, stepped up and just played fantastically, like from the stuff that we were dealing with off the court, with the whole um, drama that was going on last year, he made you appreciate, you know, Sixers basketball. He made you have fun, forget about all the other stuff and all the noise. And the fact that, you know, he, he stepped up during that time. Even when even when um, Joel was out for a couple games, he was the guy stepping up. For Philly, uh, he's he's the next franchise player after Embiid. I think hmm. it's yeah. Uh, I remember a year or so ago, people were on about oh, you trade Maxi, you trade Maxi, but look at him now. Look what we would have lost. Yeah. So yeah, I think that he gets the torch after Embiid. And the sky's the limit for him, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think I think you've hit the nail on the head once again. And Bobby, would you would you agree with that? I mean, what what do you think? Is it? Well, let's think individual accolades now, because I, I'm of the idea that he can get into an All Star team this year. I genuinely, genuinely think that. But if we're looking long term, is there somewhere could he could he get more than that? Could he go more than just? Could he go more than just an All Star? Oh, I just love him. <laughs> I just, I just love him so much. Like, what? Like, it isn't very often. I know we we said earlier everyone hates Philly, and yet I can't see a single person who would say a bad word about Torres Maxey. Mm. Like the way he plays, and and obviously just his aura, and just he just loves life. Um, but I just, I he is everything that we have almost been missing from the Sixers team in that. I don't want to say the words, but what we've criticised about um, Mr. Simmons is the hard work that he's doing behind the scenes to improve every part of his game. You just see, and I know we can all fall for gym shots and stuff like that, but every time we see it, it's so believable because he's it's happening on the court. He's just getting better with everything he's doing. Um, I, I completely agree with you. I think he could be an all-star. I mean, it's, it's just mad to even talk about because... When when we 
I was excited when we drafted him, but I didn't imagine for one minute he was going to be this good this quick. Um, and I was I was a little bit worried going into this season because I thought well, maybe that not his ceiling, but maybe he might that might have been it might the numbers might come down a little bit next season. He might come down back down to earth a little bit, and then he comes out pre season. I know, but doing what he's doing already. It's just got me so much more excited, so much more excited, ready for him. And he's, it's just mad to me that he is now such a pivotal piece of this team. He's going to be so huge for us going into the season and could be a real difference maker. So I don't know what your ceiling is. I don't, I don't know where, how far this, this guy can go because you, he's just putting the work in and it just feels like nothing's above him. Nothing, nothing is too much for him. So all-star definitely and beyond that at some point in his career who knows like who knows what a player yeah he i think again he is the next franchise guy and i think we've still we flirted with the idea of trading him um i know i certainly did and i'm sure the guys at head office probably had must have had to have really considered it at some point inevitably but now we're at the point where we we've stuck with him. We're not gonna we're not gonna get rid, and he is now gonna be after Joel. It is Tyrese Maxey, and hopefully Isaiah Joe as well. Because I do think I agree with Shugs, and I think inevitably, well not inevitably, he's got that sort of mold Isaiah Joe of someone who could really do something for this team. He's got that three point shot. He's happy to let it go, and we've seen in preseason that he's always been happy to do it. It's just translating that to the regular season. Which was why I always think you've got to take preseason with a pinch of salt, and I don't put an awful lot of stock into it. Even though six is a three and um, three of three so far, which is great, you never quite know because no one's really putting the proper minutes in or taking it uber seriously. But I really hope Isaiah Joe can break into the rotation somehow this year, and that's another roster spot that should be taken up by a really effective player. So don't sorry, Ben. Yeah, go on. We don't think he's going to get cut, right? Because there has been a little bit of rumours going around on Philly's media that he might be one of the names not making it. I'll be absolutely devastated. About oh, I can't imagine it. And <clears throat> you got, we need um, that kind of player, right? Yeah, when when we've got players like, uh, you think Charlie Brown ain't going to get a lot of minutes this season. You would yeah. imagine someone like him would be on the cutting board. Um, I know, I read as well that um, with obviously Reed and Harrell and Embiid that um, Bassey could be eyed up for it, but you would hope that none of that that young core would go. No, no. I mean, I was thinking maybe if you had not necessarily cut, but maybe just trade, put um, Charles Bassey in a trade, and because uh, Paul Reed, I feel like maybe is just about preferred as your center of the future, just about. I mean, it's a toss up, I know, because Paul Reed can also play the four. Um, but but Doc Rivers, will Doc Rivers play him? That's if, if you want, if, I mean, Doc Rivers got <laughs> yeah. bullied into playing Tyrese Maxey. Uh, so it really is going to be a tough one. Um, but the thing is with Joe, if he gets cut, I could see it already. The Warriors pick him up and he's just... Lights out. Oh, yeah. yeah you, you can just see it now. And, and he'll go anywhere. He'll go anywhere else in the league and he'll just do bits. It would and, be one of those ones that bites him in the ass, or like, my or Miami, or Miami yeah. will get him, and it, yeah, it, that, yeah really that is a perfect it's, fit. That type yeah. of player, that is a perfect yeah. fit for Miami. Yeah, it's just a Gabe Vincent two point oh. <laughs> it, it, it would, 
it would break me to see that. But yeah, I hope in, in the second round, game seven. Hopefully, we've got enough sense at the top. I mean, we know Elton Brand's there, so that's you can never hold out too much. But also to balance that out, you've got almost like a balancing act with Elton Brand and Daryl Morey. It's like you've got the devil on your shoulder and Elton Brand, and the angel on the other shoulder is Daryl Morey. And it's just you've got the balancing act. Um, from there, but um, yeah, we really hope I can see a bit more of him this year too. So the next thing I was going to ask you guys is how far can we go? Now, obviously, the issue with asking a question like this in the NBA, especially, is that the rosters aren't going to, you know, the rosters are going to just chop and change so much. You never know who's going to get injured, and obviously, we hope no one does. But if I rephrase this question, how far can the Sixers go if I told you that no one in any team, including the Sixers, gets injured and no one makes a trade? How far do the Sixers go? I'm going to come to Shugs first. Um, It's either they take the East or they lose in the finals in the East. Okay, fair. Who do you reckon we're going to, who do you reckon we'd fall to? I can't look past Giannis, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you didn't say the Celtics. I'm so glad you didn't say You can't do that at point of principle. <laughs> Even if I thought that, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I can't. I could... Giannis is one you can't look past. Um, even if you think you've got a better squad, better depth, he's just, he is like his namesake. He is a freak. Mm. And... Yeah, I would like to say they would take the East, but it's one of them too. They're taking the East or they're, they're going down to Giannis. So so Bobby Shock said if we go down in the East, it would be to Milwaukee Bucks and to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Let's say we, because I agree with that as well. I think that would be the biggest hurdle, um, to be quite frank. I mean, obviously we've talked about the quality of the other teams, but those that's the team that scares me the most. Let's say we get past that. Let's say we get to the West. And like I said, everyone's healthy. No one's been traded. Who are we facing in the West? And would they beat us? Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, I guess with the... I mean, the West has had a lot of changes this year as well. So there's a lot of unknowns going on. Um, It's a tough one because, you know, you're looking at Phoenix. You're looking at... Obviously, Golden State, although, I mean, I think it's just come out that Draymond is going to start the season after what happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, what a situation that was. Um, I mean, this, I'm going to say this again. It's I, I honestly believe that the Sixers team, okay, we've got to see it all gel together. We've got to see what it looks like. But on paper, which is what we always get carried away with, I honestly believe that this team can win everything. Um, but if we, it is... There's so much dependent. This is why it's so stressful to be a Sixers fan because there is so much like, is there going to be enough grit? Are we going to stay injury-free? Are we going to, you know, not have some kind of drama at some point in this season? Is Harden going to be as uh, as fit and, and in the shape that we want him to be? Um, but if all that comes together, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, teams like Phoenix, teams like Golden State, you know, I, I can't really count the Lakers this year. It's yes, we can. Is the short answer. I believe we can, but my heart tells me there is always something that makes me think 
something will go wrong and it'll be a second round exit again. Yeah, it's a very positive response. From <laughs> no, I, I think I think unfortunately we've, we we're wise enough to it by now that we have to almost be prepared for that. It's not a nice thing to say, but we have to be prepared for it. A niggly injury or some sort of fine to come in from Adam Silver. Probably when we're in game seven of the finals, he's like, you can't play Embiid because, you know, he's that sort of guy. But or we could just, you know, just go rogue and just start tanking for Wemba Yama. Um, I hope I pronounced that correctly because he looks like, he looks frightening. But, um, yeah. you know, it'll be an interesting one to see what happens. You know, the West's, I think Clippers as well. Sorry, yeah, I just Clippers, forgot yeah. about Clippers. If they stay healthy, that's it. Yeah, they're team. an interesting one. They're really, and they slip under the radar, but they're an interesting one. I find yeah. it funny that we, we, I've just remembered they exist. The Brooklyn Nets are a thing, aren't they? Just about. They've clung on yeah. for dear life. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to dedicate too much time to the Nets because, you know, this is a Sixers podcast and we don't want to seem like we're focusing too much on number 25. Um, well, number 10 now, isn't it? Number 10 now, yeah. Um, <laughs> 10. But I've only seen snippets again, and I don't want to get obsessed, but it seems like a lot of the issues that we saw with um, Mr. Maya Jama is the same sort of issues that we saw, uh, you know, in Philadelphia. And it doesn't seem like he's changed that much, which is anyone else taking a, a bit of pleasure out of that? Um, no, he's, I think it's... Um... We we don't want to talk about it too much. I actually I've said this before. I think for Ben it was arguably the best move he could have made because it was like his flaws can be hidden on a team that's got two absolutely outrageous players on it, and the rest of the roster's quite well suited to his game. Um, Brooklyn is is another team, a bit like the Sixers, and a bit like a couple of other teams. There's a lot of what ifs in that yeah. team. If they can stay, if they can band together and they can stay healthy, and they're as dangerous as anybody, but. Who knows with the Brooklyn Nets? That's there's a lot of weight on that team. That God, yeah. Who knows? I don't. Um, I don't. I don't take pleasure in seeing what's happening to Ben. I think I'm one of the few people who who still um, actively hopes he does well. Um, the only the the only downside to the everything like the way it played out was obviously yeah we lost Ben, but you know. <clears throat> the biggest downside for me was losing to Seth because at the okay. end of the day, we, we weren't playing Ben anyway and it wasn't going to resolve itself. So I'd accepted the fact that, you know, we were going to lose Ben at some point, but this, the Seth part just took me by the side. And I just was not ready for it. Mm. And that, that was a big hit. And he was on the sidelines for our playoff games. I remember. And I just think, you know, what a nice guy to be yeah. doing that still. And, I think you could tell almost that he didn't want the move. Um, I mean, such this is the nature of the NBA. He's not the first person to be traded and not want that trade. But it is a real testament to just how much of a nice guy he was, how much he gelled with the players. And losing him was a big, big concern. And I, I do hope that if there's any way in which we could get him at some point down the line, I'd welcome him back with open arms. So yeah. I, I asked you all to go and look at your prospective NBA end of season awards. Now... I'll sort of start with the, let's say the, the least interesting ones and work our way up, if, I, if I'm putting it bluntly. So if I start with coach of the year, so we'll go around and then I'll finish up with mine afterwards. Um, we'll go around and see what we've all got. few reasons why um, you have what you have. And then go from there. So if I start again with Shugs, coach of the year, what are you thinking? I can't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, are I'm not sure. Oh, mate. Um, 
I'm trying to think back to the M- uh, NBA UK fans thing. I think I said Steve Kerr. Tidy. But I mean, yeah. I, honestly, I can't remember why. <laughs> I think I think Kerr's record speaks for himself. I don't yeah. think you really need to say much else, but Steve I think Kerr. it was a safe bet, wasn't it? I yeah. think I'll, I'll stick with that just to... Because honestly, my, my knowledge for coaches and things like that ain't the best. Yeah, yeah, it's so, the same with me. I think it's just you, you throw a name out and hope something sticks. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I know the ins and outs of every single play, but uh, Steve Kerr is a great guess as far as I'm concerned. I'll, I'll stick with Steve Kerr then. If, if it's going down well, I'll stick with Steve Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, what are you thinking? Um, similar sort of situation, I guess. For me, it would either be a coach of a team that will, you know, just runs away with their conference or something like that that just has an extremely good year, or. You could get a coach, I don't know, like Orlando Magic, like you know, if a team like that gets into the playoffs and beats all expectations, that could happen. Mm. Like, um, but I would probably go along the same lines. I think if someone like Curl, you know, if if Bucks run away with the East or something like that, then I think that would be a safe bet for Coach of the Year. It, it, it's, it always seems that way, doesn't it? It's either a team just run away with it and gets gets it that way, or someone unexpectedly has an amazing season and the coach gets it. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, Kurt, I mean, that's a pretty pretty great start from both of you guys. I, I'd, I'd think Kurt's probably, probably the front runner. So I went with the, uh, let's see, the hipstery move of going uh, Chris Finch from Minnesota Timberwolves uh, solely because that is a sink or swim team. Uh, <laughs> this is like with Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. So intrigued to see that. It, team. Oh, it's so intriguing, and it, it could completely flop. But on the, I feel like you know they could get you know top five in in the West potentially as well, top six. So I'm going Finch for that. I think you know after they fired Coach Sanders, I think it's Ryan Saunders, they uh they took a leap under him, and it'll be. I mean, obviously they had the whole Patrick Beverly pretending it's the finals in the in the playing, <laughs> but it was interesting to see nonetheless. So I, I'm going for Finch. So. Now, if I go on to six man of the year, this is a relatively interesting. Well, far more interesting than coach of the year. Let's go with that, hundred <laughs> percent. So, six man of the year, Shugs, back to you. I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler Hero picked up again. Yeah, he's after, probably going to start though, isn't he? Yeah. Who knows? It's, it's mental. Yeah. Isn't it? like the the impact he had last year. Uh, I can't see him not coming off the bench. Like I could easily see him being in that Lou Will position for years, where. Yeah. He's probably good enough to start, but the impact he has probably outweighs him starting, even though he's just been paid a fat wad. <laughs> Incredibly fat. Was it thirty yeah. million a year? It's something like that. Yeah, oh, it's geez. a lot of money. Dotty. Yeah, madness, madness. But probably there was a team out there that would have given that to him. Oh if, well, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I would put. I, I would probably say the same. It's for Miami. They've had an interesting one because obviously losing Tucker, um, and not really being able to to replace. I, I thought maybe Hero might sneak in, but as I, I think he's negatives on the court starting, especially come playoff time, might mean that they just need that spark off the bench. So it has. It it's got to be Hero if he's off the bench. I can't see anyone being there. Is Jordan Paul? He would he be coming off the bench as well? Yeah, I, I mean, he's, currently he's just hitting the deck. If he's, for, if he's all right, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, Jordan Pools, I think, is a great shout as well. Um, what what I had, I had um, Christian Wood because there are 
this is it's, you got to take it with a pinch of salt because Jason Kidd's come out and said that Christian Wood's going to come off the bench. Now this could be just mind games, and I'm going to look like an idiot when he starts the first game of the year. But if he is coming off the bench, then Christian Wood, I think, would just put up such an output for the Mavericks that he would have to be six man of the year. Um, so Christian Wood was my pick. Um, most improved player. Most improved. This is an interesting one. Shugs, what do you think? Maxi. What a shout. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> this correct. is a Sixers pod after all. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, um, I, I, I could have argued the case that he could have won it last year. Mm. Um, obviously, you can't look past what Yarmorant was doing. But if he, if he has the same kind of development he has last year, he's got it in the bag. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Bobby? I mean, it could be Maxi because he's just, you know, he, I almost like was was rooting for him last year because of the leap he took, but then because of his minutes increase, it was a little bit different. But what about someone like Cunningham? I think he could. That's a good shout. He could have a. I was very impressed, and he, he got injured right, or he got shut down. Yeah, he was towards injured towards the, the first start, well, the start of the season, and I think he oh, might start, have got shut down okay. at the end. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I yeah. could see see here because I was very very impressed by what I see, and I don't even think we scratched the surface of him. So that could be an outside guess for me. I like that shout a lot. Yeah, I've gone for Anthony Simons of the Trailblazers. Um, so I looked at his stats just to confirm this, and it's mental. So last year he had eight threes a game. Shot as in shot eight threes a game on forty percent. From February onwards, that was near enough, nearer fifty percent, which is crazy. And he's going to have Damian Lillard back um, to help him look even better to create more space for him. So I've got Anthony Simons. I hope it's Maxi. Um, <laughs> so I hope I'm proved wrong on that one. But I think Anthony Simons is going to be my pick. I actually um, just pulled up the uh, the thing from the NBA UK fans. And most improved, I put Ben Simmons. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I must have been feeling good when I wrote that. I'll tell you, if he, starts, fair, if, he, if he starts draining threes and suddenly becomes player. You know I mean? like if, he, if he comes back and he, he has a yeah. jump shot, it could happen. You yeah. never know. It, it's stranger things have happened, for sure. We all know how damn good he could be if he can make those improvements and that so, was the annoyance wasn't it that was why we were yeah. so annoyed because yeah. he could have been unstoppable well he still yeah. could yeah the thing is i feel almost harsh from that going back to maxi i feel almost harsh for him because it's like he took such a leap that it's almost like he's got to make the all-star team to almost have a shout of winning yeah, most improved because yeah. it's almost like how much of a leap has he got to take again yeah. to win it he's in that nether it's, region now isn't yeah it? yeah um but rooting for you, Tyrese. Go on. Yeah, go go on, on. <laughs> Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Shugs? Uh, that is not my area of expertise. I've, um, I've put uh, Ivy just because I'm, I'm curious what happens with this uh, Pistons team this year. Yeah, they look but funky. They look honestly, funky. I couldn't couldn't have a clue. Fair. I think yeah. I think I would like to preface my one uh, and as well. I am but not. I'm not a draft expert. Um, so whatever we say is just purely pick a name and we'll run with it. So Bobby, what's yours? <laughs> I'm, I'm very similar. I don't think this year was really known. I, like I said, I don't study the draft, but it wasn't known as being particularly the strongest, if I remember correctly when I was reading on it. But I would have had, I, I liked to look at Chet, but I think he's done for the entire season. Yeah, he yeah, is out um, for the year. Yeah. And then I think Paolo, the number one pick, isn't he? Picked up an injury for the Magic as well. So Vanchero, is it? 
Yeah. Um, I think he, maybe I read that wrong, but I'm sure I read that he's picked up an injury, the old Orlando Magic curse. Um, it's like the Sixers curse now. Um, so no, I, I, it would be a guess at this point because I just don't know enough about the draft in that sense. So my one pick is out for the whole season. So. <laughs> <laughs> but he could do a Ben Simmons because he's not a rookie until he's played his first game. Next year. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be an 18-month in advance prediction. There you go. There you go. There I've got my go. next season one Clever. in. Clever. So I, it was, I just found it quite ironic how that Sixers curse, um, draft day curse, has seemed to travelled with Markel Fultz now that you've mentioned it. Um <laughs> I mean, as long as it's not in Philadelphia, I guess that's the main yeah. thing. But I've gone Keegan Murray. He, he, he's a bit of an, from what I've gathered, he's an older sort of rookie, and he's fitting seamlessly at Sacramento in the Sacramento Kings. And because the Kings are so much of a mess, if anyone does anything half decent, that's going to be, you know, really emphasised to a hundred. So um, I've gone for him, but again, it, it really is a shot in the dark. It's we'll go with something and hope hope it works. So, defensive player, defensive player, Shugs. What do we think? Uh, ben. That one's got to be Ben. Fair. That's a good shout. That's that's the downside to um, the, the the trade. We've lost someone who was battling for the pen, defensive player of the year for that last year. Yeah. Uh, I can see it being Ben. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I, I kind of agree with Ben, but I almost feel like a lot... I almost feel sorry for him in the sense that he does a lot of stuff that almost goes a little bit more undetected than perhaps defensive player of the year players get. If you see what I'm saying, like it tends to be those bigs that, yeah, it, I like unless you're watching Ben week in week out, you almost just don't realise just how. That, I'm not saying don't realise yeah, but... that was the argument between him and Rudy, wasn't it? Because yeah, Rudy was getting the blocks. Rudy was doing all this other stuff, yeah. whereas Ben was locking up the perimeter and things like that. It, it didn't show on the stat sheet what Ben was doing. That's it. Every player on the court as well. Ben, he, he, ben yeah, he locked up everyone. And when we saw it for all firsthand, he was doing numbers on every good guard that or forward that you that you can think of. He was doing numbers on him. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not Ben, I would say Bam, just because I feel felt a little bit sorry for him. He, he didn't. He came second last year, right? Am I right in saying that? I think he did. I think something like that. It might be him or go better. And it no, was smart who won it, wasn't it? Yeah. I think yeah, I think it was yeah. I think it was Bam and then I think Mikel Bridges was third. Yeah. And uh, don't get me wrong, like uh, Smart was fantastic, but I did feel for Bam and I think if he has another good season they could almost give that to him. Smart is like uh, it's probably me being bitter about the Boston Celtics, is because anything <laughs> anytime the Celtics do anything half decent, it's Tatum's MVP, Smart's defensive player of the year. If if you didn't don't get me wrong, Robert Williams is really good, but people make him out to be like it's like the Dikembe Mutombo in his prime. Like he, he is so good. Don't get me wrong, and he probably would be in a shout for this award if he was, if he was you know um, fit this year. But like any Celtics player that does anything half decent gets magnified to such a crazy level that I don't really like to give him the credit because Smart is really good defensively. He is, but. It just wasn't for me that that year, uh, that season. It, maybe no, I'm I felt I felt for Bam big time because mm. I thought he had a great season defensively. Um, but yeah, as you say, the the league loves Boston. So yeah, I've gone for Draymond, and this was a bit of a weird one because I was sort of thinking, what if he gets suspended? He's not suspended. Um, everyone loves Draymond. Everyone again, it's almost like the 
the hipstery take of that you've got to love Draymond because you you know you, there is other things he does, and that is true. That is a correct take to have, and to the, because of that, I think a lot of people like to vote for Draymond. It's almost like if you don't appreciate what Draymond Green does, you don't know basketball. Therefore, people are almost coerced into voting for Draymond. I think half the time. Um, so I've gone for Draymond Green, and you know the Warriors get a lot of preferential treatment, similar to the Celtics. Draymond Green gets a lot of preferential treatment similar to other individuals and yeah I, I just think you know if he's playing consistently he's always in for a shout of that um defensive player of the year award so yeah. main event mvp chugs <laughs> i mean i'm gonna say Embiid, but you're just gonna say i'm biased <laughs> i, I i've yeah. got him i've got Embiid as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah like three years in a row surely it's gotta be his turn mm. Yeah, Bobby, please. what do you think? Please. If he has another season like this, like last season, and he could even be better this season because I think the team's better, um, please let it be Embiid. If it's not Embiid, it, it would, as long as it's not um, Jokic um, or Tatum, certainly not Tatum, um, I could see someone like Yanis, obviously. Yeah. Um, Durant, if he has a fully fit season and the Nets are doing well, or, or Doncic, but... Please, 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 please give the process his MVP award like he deserves. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got Embiid as well. I, I, I just sort of the reason behind it is don't get me wrong, he's he's going to be unreal, and if he's fit, he will be unreal. But also, voter fatigue is a thing. I don't think Jokic gets three in a row. No, um, even if Jokic is fantastic, and I'm sure he will be. Um, voter fatigue, like I said, it is a thing, and maybe people are now. I think I'm hoping people would be like, oh, Embiid does probably deserve it because they're almost hoping they feel sorry for him, but they won't feel sorry for Embiid because everyone hates Embiid and hates the Sixers, um, which that sounded incredibly bitter. <laughs> that that, that, that will probably be our punishment. <laughs> That'll be, uh, Embiid will win it and he'll go, we're stripping it because of the uh, tampering. Oh, God, that's vintage Adam Silver, that. But yeah, so that is our awards, uh, finishing on a nice, nice high with all three of us going for Embiid. Um, so it's I guess almost I, like it's the Sixers pod, isn't it? Yeah, I know. You, you never would have guessed, <laughs> would you? It's nothing but partiality on this pod. Nothing, no anti-Celtics uh, rhetoric either. So that's uh, really good going for us. So um, really appreciate, um, obviously, Shugs coming on. So Shugs, if you want to just give us a bit more detail about what you've been up to, what you, um, where where we can find you, oh, um, that'd be greatly appreciated. Um, so you you can find me on everywhere, basically. Uh, Twitter is Green Release UK. I think Instagram is The Green Release UK. You can find me at thegreenrelease.com. I'm very inconsistent with all my names. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, I've just redone all my logos and rebranded the whole thing. I'm going to have some new merch dropping with all that good stuff, and there's some, some tasty ones dropping. I've just gave... I probably shouldn't say this, but <laughs> I've just gave... Um, Jimmy from the Chicago Bulls UK page. Um, a little sneak peek of something that I'm going to be dropping in the future. And I think the Bulls fans might like it. He seems quite excited. I'm quite excited. I quite like quite like the design. So oh, Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I love the logo, by the way. Yeah. Which one? Quality. The, the one that I can see on your Twitter page is absolutely awesome. The oh, the, the pick and roll one. Yeah. yeah. I think you did my header as well on Twitter. So, you know. 
nothing but the best for me. So uh, I've been right, here, there, see. and everywhere. I've, I've I've dabbled in a bit of everything lately. I was the jack of all trades for a while. I've kind of calmed down and stopped taking people's job. It's bad because I, I don't like turning people away, but I kind of burnt myself out to the point yeah, where yeah 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 you look after yourself though, haven't you? Yeah, that's it. So um, I was happy. I'm happy to help people if I can. If I can. But yeah, so if if anyone's interested, get yourself. There's there's some nice Halloween shirts up there. Halloween's coming up. Shameless plug. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> In case you didn't know, <laughs> for all a, those who didn't know, it's 19 yeah. days away. And I hate it, but Christmas is coming up. There's a Christmas shirt too. Another oh. shameless plug. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Capitalism works, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> Consume. <laughs> consume uh, consume <laughs> thank you so much chugs uh bobby where can we find you um well you can find me on twitter at the bobby healy um you can find me on youtube i don't do basketball related stuff so i don't think it'll be interested but bobby healy there as well i have got a sixes sort of twitter but i very rarely use it so best to find me on there and that's it i think fantastic yeah. thank you and yeah you can find me at uk 76s on twitter that'll be the best port of call um it's been a bit quiet over the last few months, but I sort of give that off-season chance off, an opportunity for me to just take a break and catch up and sort myself out for when we get going again in a couple... What is it? A, is it a week A week. Now? Less than a week now. I think. Less than a week. week? Ten days, I think, was it? No, no, I think it's... I'm sure they said it was a week away. We should know this. We should. We're a crack team. Versus Celtics. <laughs> is, I've got it as Tuesday night. Well, technically Wednesday morning. Yeah, so um, the first game of the NBA is, yeah, 76ers Lakers. Not 76ers, 76ers be Celtics. Tuesday, October 18th. So, wow, it's, it's here already. And it's close. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, why do we have to have the Celtics first game, by the way? I'm not looking forward to it. Well, I am looking forward to it, but I just don't want it. I don't need this right now. Well, that's a level of stress that I do not need in my yeah. life. Uh, maybe it's just get out of the way and see what happens but yeah it'll be a fantastic season for sure so bobby and i we've also committed that um we'll do this fortnightly hopefully um so we'll be recording on the wednesday and hopefully get it out to you asap after that we'll have various guests on be that from the sixes twitter community and whoever look we're not we're not picky we'll uh if you want to come on and you want to chat sixes do come on um we've had some fantastic ones today obviously in shugs and we also had sam on uh couple pods back so if you do fancy coming on do let one of us know and we'll get back to you asap um but yeah i believe that's all from us so goodbye have a good evening and we'll see you all next time